0: Doc Bytes. to empower yes. Hello everyone, welcome to another session of Doc Bites podcast to empower you with information from specialists in medical auditing, billing, coding, compliance, and documentation. Now here's the host of Doc Bytes, Sharon Easterly. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to our Doc Bites podcast for today. We are very excited today with our special guest that we have. We have Ms. Valerie Watzloff, and Valerie is the Associate Professor for the Department of Health Information Management at the University of Pittsburgh. So we're very excited that Valerie took time out of, out of her day to talk to us a little bit, about HIM and what we should be looking at for the future and getting ourselves prepared for those changes that are upcoming with our profession. So hello, Valerie, and thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Hello, Sharon. Thank you so much for having me. appreciate that. It's a pleasure
0: to be here. Oh wonderful, wonderful. So it's a new year, Valerie, and with New Year comes new things. Um, but why don't we start off by you telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well I um I was one I guess I was
1: a little bit different in that um I I kind of knew about going into health information management when I was in high school. And um, I I, I know that a lot of people don't know about it at that um, young of an age, but it was something that my sister, um, she had a friend who was in the field, and she told her about it, and then I looked into it. And I really loved the way it combined – you know, uh, healthcare, I think, you know, helping others, um, even some of the science behind, the medical science behind um, the healthcare field, and also that, that it just had so many different leadership roles that you could participate in, and and so once I went out and learned more about it, I was just um, hooked, and I knew that, that it was for me, so I... Um, you know, finished my baccalaureate degree. I went on and then worked in the field in behavioral health, in um, in acute care as a director uh, in acute care hospitals, and also I consulted in long-term care. And then I also, um, teaching was very, very much uh, near and dear to me, so I then got my position here at the University of Pittsburgh um, teaching in, in HIM, and then went on to pursue additional um, uh, degrees. I have my master's in public health and my doctorate in epidemiology, which has really helped me, too, in, in my teaching and in my research that I do.
0: Oh, Okay. So tell me, Valerie, as far as your Ph.D., what do you think was something that helped you realize that that was an important degree for you? I know you said you had an interest in education, so was that something encouraged by your institution, or did you just kind of feel that it would be an asset for where you wanted to go personally?
1: Well, I think it was a little bit of both. Um, it was very wonderful to have, you know, as my, my employer did very much encourage it and also, you know, provided um, you know, financial support to, to move forward and move move on with those degrees. But I think it also was a passion of mine and a personal uh, goal as well because I, I very much love to do research and uh, also then bring that research back into the classroom and share that with our students. And um, with those advanced degrees, I was able to, to, I think, do that and secure some funding, and grant funding, so that I could, a, I could then uh, do some of the research that was needed in in, in H I M primarily. So I think it was a little bit of both, but it did help to have the, um,
0: you know, the support from my employer as well. Yeah, that is definitely key. And I do know, you know, in the past. More of our organizations have also offered some help, you know, to get those advanced degrees, but um, it's not as much as we used to find, but we do have a lot of scholarship opportunities out yes. there. We just have to look for them, Valerie.
1: Right. That's so true, too. I mean, it's even at our um, our national level with AHIMA, I know has multiple scholarships uh, available for students in our at our state levels. Um, and even at the local level sometimes, and you're so right, you know, sometimes it might be sitting there right in front of us and we don't realize until we go out and look and, and pursue it. So always, I always stress that to our students as well and to any anybody that I come in contact with, please continue to search and look for the, the scholarships that are available to you.
0: Yeah, so as an educator, Valerie, um, how, how do you think we can – continue to attract our students and keep them engaged. You know, we're, we're dealing with a a vast population of students now. We have our, Mm -hmm. you know, some of our older students that are going to their second or third careers. Um, We have our new grads that are fresh out of high school. Uh, And then Mm -hmm. we have those that, you know, maybe they had an associate's degree and they're deciding to go back to school. You know, what, what are some of the keys that, you know we can utilize to to keep our students engaged and going for some of that higher education mhm i think <clears throat> excuse me
1: what we have really been doing here and i think um it's it's really uh, across our um, our educators, you know, across our education experience in HIM, is that we're trying very much more to get the students to be um, to participate, you know, firsthand in real life experiences. So the more that we, as educators, can involve them in the classroom or even outside of the classroom and in, in their internship and clinical education experiences, I think the better. Um, uh, we we tend to within that. Um, uh, to really get them to do, for example, like hands on assignments where they're working uh, with lar- very large data sets dissecting them to solve problems that healthcare facilities might be facing. We are also doing a lot more with um, uh, you know, case studies. Uh, we do something called case and point scenarios where we engage the student in situations that may occur in, in real meetings um, that might actually be uh, lead to, to some conflictual types of situations, but we teach them how to manage uh, those conflicts and how to manage themselves when those uh, types of challenges may, may arise. Um, and we've also tended to do, I know I do this a lot in my classes is less lecture, you know, less of the PowerPoint slides and more of just the hands-on experiences because, uh, what we've been finding is that they retain uh, what is it? I think it's less than 10 percent when we lecture, and and they can retain um, greater than 80 percent if you have them doing case studies, case you know scenarios, or even engage them in teaching to to have them get up and teach some of the areas. that yeah. how they learn. Retain, I'm sure they you know. love that,
0: Valerie. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't always, like, we're always pushing them a little bit, but, you know, afterwards that it's always afterwards that they'll come back and, and say thank you, you know, when they're out there um, um, working. And, and in, in the same thing, I what I also try to do is I always will talk to them. About additional education that they can pursue once they would leave here, no matter what level we see them in, because we teach uh, here we teach across the three levels um, we don't do uh, we don't teach uh, at the associate level, but we may get a student coming in to our program who did uh, who has an associate degree. But then we also teach at the uh, master's level, and we also have a doctoral program here as well. So we're always encouraging them to keep going if they have that interest. And I also encourage them to look for different types of certifications as well that could go along with the area that they're most you know, passionate about. And then the fourth thing that we do all the time is we require you know, those clinical education experiences. So they are really, um, as much as they're in the classroom, they are out in the field, getting their hands you know really uh in the midst of uh very much in the midst of h i m and the work work functions that are going on
0: yeah um I know that uh I've heard. Various individuals talking about the difficulty sometimes in getting students placed, but we do still have a lot of organizations out there with those HIM professionals that are still committed to making sure we can get those students some of that professional practice experience.
1: Yes, yes, and they are so key, and there are so many that, as many as we you know, many times that we do here, it's difficult. But there are so many that are so passionate. and very much want to take those students, and um, mm-hmm. we are very, very um, fortunate here in Pittsburgh that we have a a huge, you know, base of um, of healthcare facilities. But we also do have people that you know are. Uh, not all of our graduates, but it's uh, HIM professionals that are really very, uh, they're wonderful that they'll take the time to, because they were provided that. They always say that, well, I remember when, you know, uh, this HIM professional took me under her wing and, you know, and really helped me move along, and I want to do the same thing, you know, uh, pay it forward uh, for other students. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and there's so many of us, Valerie, that have, um, use those experiences to actually help us get jobs. You know, if you right. perform very well um, on mm. some of those experiences, take on a project. You know, show yes. your abilities and your your skills. It could possibly take you to another level.
1: It sure could, and we do hear that all the time from our uh, our students. We we also engage them in many hands-on projects. Where they're out doing like a, a quality management project, or they'll be doing like we have their capstone project, and then there's another 20-hour project, and all of those again are in, are out in the in different facilities. And so many times, the people that have worked, you know, the HIM professionals or other professionals, because it's not always just uh, HIM that work with them. Um, will say, oh my goodness, you know these—they're so good. I want to hire them, and it will lead um, to jobs for those those students. So it is—I a, 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 think all of that is just such an excellent um, way to give them that experience, so that they can get those jobs that they
0: like too. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I know it's interesting you mentioned, um, you know, real life experiences. And I try to, you know, go to some of our colleges and talk to our students about, you know, some various uh, career paths that I've had or or things that I've done in my career to kind of pique their interest. So I think that's also very important for us as health information professionals to participate with our educational Mm -hmm. systems.
1: Yes, that's so important, and we do use, it's so wonderful that we bring in a lot of guest speakers, and they will just come in, and they love to to share their, just as you said, Sharon, to share their career paths, to share, mm-hmm. you know, the way they got into the position that they're in, and they're they're just excellent uh, speakers, and they will give of their time, they leave their jobs, they come over here and speak, and then go back, yeah. you know, it's just, it's really, really great that they, they are so willing, you know, to do that. But, um, oh, and the students appreciate it so much. And then they make those, that's how the students, too, can make those um, connections. They then become, you know, that might be their first um, time that they're, you know, met, they're kind of getting a peer or a colleague, you know what I mean, that, that they can uh, relate to and, and use them when they are looking for jobs and things like that, too. So it works out for everybody. Gotcha.
0: Well, we're gonna move on to something else, Valerie. You know, one reason that I really wanted to do this podcast and, and talk talk to you because we see that our careers as HIN professionals is changing. You know, our roles are becoming somewhat more non traditional. Of course we're in various settings, but I think we need to be preparing ourselves for the future. So I'm just wondering what do you think some of the top concerns are going to be for 2018 for HIM or possibly beyond? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we
1: are in such a, what, it's an ever-changing environment, I think. And I think what we really need to do is be prepared, you know, uh, for for that changing HIM workforce because it is (laughs) ever-changing. And so I think one of the, main things I think our top concerns could be is to make sure that we are relevant and that we are, you know, continue to show our importance. And a lot of that can, um, the way that we can get there I think is through that lifelong learning, through um, advancing our education no matter what level we are at. Always looking I think to learn more and then Mm -hmm. also looking to advance your, your certifications too as well. But, yes, the areas are so, I mean, they're so interesting. There's so many of them. It's almost like they're endless now, you know, in information governance and
0: Mm -hmm. and data
1: analytics and health informatics. And we talk about, you know, how much we want to be um, the leaders in those areas. And I know the surveys that have been done, for many different organizations, what they're finding is that if we really want to be the leaders in those areas, particularly in analytics and informatics, is that we do need um, those advanced degrees in order to to do that. And so I think those are some of the things that we really have to um, come to terms with and say, you know, okay, um, do I really know this enough? And if I don't, how do I get that advanced learning? And I think sometimes it is, uh, you know, getting the advanced degree. Sometimes it may be just going on and getting, you know, continuing education and doing your learning that way as well. So the other areas I think that are, so important is, um, you know, our our changes that we're seeing in privacy and security, um, and cybersecurity, and how important our role is in in those areas, particularly not only in our electronic health record systems, which are, you know, our main areas, but also when we're dealing with um, mobile health and mobile applications and telehealth, mm-hmm. and telemedicine, those areas that, you know, we there's not a whole lot of um, Direction for people um, right in those, and I think that could be a great area for us as well um, I think other ones are other concerns if we look at health care primarily is that they're facing so many different things and being able to manage patient outcomes, you know, improve the quality of care, but still, you know, keep costs down and keep the utilization of resources down, but still make sure they have, you know, patient satisfaction and patient engagement, and then still making sure they have a good cash flow. It's really, I mean, unbelievably Mm -hmm. difficult (laughs) to do. But I think that whole area as well, you know, we are we can be the key. Uh, HIM professionals can really be the key in that area. And then I think the last area, which I brought up before, just that I'm so passionate about, is that we need – I truly believe that we as HIM professionals can do the research in our area so that we can demonstrate where our knowledge base, where our foundation is, and that um, if we do the research, I think it can also help our uh, help us grow ourselves because you learn so much when you do that. And <clears throat> I think we can focus on things like looking at coding productivity and coding quality and predictive models in those areas, computer assisted mm-hmm. coding, you know, clinical documentation improvement. There's so many areas there, and and also not forget you know, the patient and looking at the consumer's view of how they look at us and how they look at HIM and what can we do to improve so that they can get um, good access to their health information so that they are really receiving the, you know, the best possible quality of care. So I don't know if that
0: answered it, but I, I could go no, on forever. It, and run did. That so, it did. It did, Valerie. Yeah. Very, very good, solid point. So, you know, how how do you see AHIMA, you know, helping our members and non-members and and some of those things you mentioned, but in our career overall? Mm-hmm. I do
1: think you know AHIMA has has been so instrumental I know to me personally but I think it has so much to offer for for our members and non-members you know we have that unbelievable the body of knowledge which has so many different um, you know publications and white papers and Right. Um, uh, practice briefs that they provide. We also, you know, if you want to be link with your peers and and just talk with them, pretty much about any issue, you can do that on the on the Engage site and just build your different communities that way. I think it also um, through the different councils that that they have. I know I was um, I had a. I was very much a part of the Council for Excellence in Education, and they provide um, you know, educational uh, support, really, for educators to help them in teaching, sharing of courses and materials, and uh, they have something called Course Share where we can share materials. There's also the V-Lab that I think is um, providing you know, more of those hands-on types of um, areas and tools for, for educators to use for their students. We have the different journals where we can um get information, but also we can publish in those areas as well and then we can present there's presentation opportunities you know at convention at, through webinars that they have throughout the year and then they mm-hmm. are you know through our foundation there are scholarships and um to advance education there's also multiple you know volunteer opportunities if you want to become more involved. You know, through the through the different practice councils, through um, CEE, through CChem and KHEM, through our House of Delegates, through the board. You know, there's so many areas there, and and they also have the Yahima Foundation Research Network. So if you did want to be part or be involved in research that they might be doing, you can also become a part of that. And um, I think the list again of of ways in which they support us is uh is is pretty endless there as well so um i think there's uh, many different ways i think we also have to be the ones that that uh, jump on board and say yeah i think i will do that or i think i'll volunteer yeah. for the, you know it, mm-hmm. and i think you just learn so much that way as well
0: so yeah, we also have do. to take that leap mm-hmm. yeah that's i think that's probably one of the then in my career, just being involved, um, whether mm-hmm. that be through the association at the national level or the state level or at work, mm-hmm. um, you know, right. taking that extra step at work can give you some very mm-hmm. wonderful opportunities. And, and I did have the opportunity to to advance my career that way.
1: Yes, that's so true. I think, you know, sometimes it is a little bit scary, you know, when you might be sit, sitting on a committee and, and then you're thinking, you know, and someone asks you to chair that committee or or, or council or whatever it might be, and right. you like, oh, my goodness, I don't know that I want to chair But once you do, you take that leap. You learn so much, you know. It's like yeah. you, at first you think, can I really do this, and then when you do it, you you probably learn more because you have to be on your toes at every meeting or whatever, so you have to be uh-huh. ready for for whatever. And um, I think that's those are the types of volunteer opportunities we really have to to go for, you know. And you're right, you're so right. And at work, it might even be something that may not you may not think that it's going to move you into a new position, but you never know, you know. Somebody might oh, see yeah. you in
0: that role,
1: and it exactly. might move you into something else. Yep. It's so
0: true. exactly, well, Valerie, I think we're gonna close for today. Are there any final remarks that you'd like to make? Um,
1: I just think this is wonderful that you're doing this, and i um I look forward to your other ones that are I think you said are will be coming out and um I yeah. just wish everyone um you know we we i think I'd like to say to everyone that's in the profession to keep telling others about it. Uh, about HIM and, and the more people that we can get involved and that know about it, I think the better. I think we also know that jobs are, are plentiful; they're out there. We and uh, we need we need really great qualified people to be out there and working in those um, those jobs. So I think it's an excellent field, and um, we uh, we just need to. Um, get more people to know about it and get involved in it and I think they would really make a perfect uh, career choice
0: well thank you Valerie for joining us today for our Dog Bites podcast we really appreciate it and everyone stay tuned for other HIM professionals healthcare professionals C-suite physicians nurses all those folks we'll be hearing from them you guys have a great day Thank you. You've been listening to Doc Bites.